Let us pray. Lord, as your scripture is read and proclaimed this day, we ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your holy word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. You know, it seems like any good hero needs a sidekick. If you think about in television, Andy Griffith had, who was his sidekick? Barney, right? Batman, now I'm thinking of the 1960s version, the best one out there, with Adam West. Who was his sidekick? Robin, right? Um, Ponch and John, right? Yep, yep. Uh, 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 although I think John would disagree that he was Ponch's sidekick. Um, Luke Skywalker's sidekick, R2-D2, right? My sidekick, my brother, no. Well, it's you today. But there's been a lot of important sidekicks throughout history. The one that really stands out in my mind the most, and perhaps the one that has had the greatest effect and for sure impact on our lives as Christians, is the man who I like to think of as Jesus' sidekick, Simon Peter. When we look at the Gospels, those Four books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which tell the story of Jesus' life and ministry. When we look at those Gospels, we see that Jesus has 12 disciples that he picked. 12 uh, men who he uh, asked to follow him throughout his earthly ministry. But even within those disciples, there was a subgroup, kind of like a leadership group, if you will, of the disciples. And in that inner circle were the brothers, James and John, and then the man we're going to be talking about today, Simon, who Jesus called Peter. Simon, Peter, James, and John uh, were the three who witnessed Jesus curing Jairus' daughter. They were the three who witnessed, who witnessed the transfiguration, that time when Jesus was up on a mountain and was transfigured or changed in front of their eyes, and they could see the glory of God through him. And they saw him speaking with Moses and Elijah. Those were also the three men who were with Jesus in his final moments before his arrest and crucifixion in the Garden of Gethsemane. When we read the gospel accounts, 
Simon Peter is the most mentioned figure in the Gospels next to Jesus. He is mentioned more than 200 times in the New Testament. All of the other disciples combined are only mentioned 50 times in the New Testament. So he gets a lot of, uh, of page time in the Bible. So who is Simon Peter? And why is he so important? Well, I like Simon Peter because he is a lot like us. He is flawed. He isn't perfect. He makes mistakes. So real quick, who is Simon Peter? Uh, in case you uh, forget or, or don't know, uh, Simon first encountered Jesus uh, one day after his brother, Andrew, uh, tells him about this man he met named Jesus, who he was convinced was the Messiah. At the time, Andrew was a disciple of uh, another great New Testament prophet, a, a man who uh, told about the coming Messiah, a man named John the Baptist. And Andrew met Jesus and was impressed by Jesus and felt the movement of the Holy Spirit telling him that this man was indeed the Son of God, the Messiah. And so he runs home and he gets his brother Simon. And he says, come, you've got to meet Jesus. Can you imagine what this world would be like if Andrew didn't go and invite his brother to meet Jesus? Inviting someone to have a relationship with Jesus like you do, most important thing you can do. Jesus and Simon, they, they, they get to know each other, and Jesus gives Simon the nickname Peter, or in Aramaic, the, the language that they spoke at the time, uh, it was uh, Cephas. It means the rock. The rock. And I got to tell you, whenever I hear that, I, I, I just think of, of, of Simon Peter doing that thing that the rock does with his eyebrow. I was going to do it, except I tried practicing it all week and I never could get it. Jesus goes and he heals Simon's mother-in-law, who was very, very sick. And then Jesus uh, uh, goes off and, and he teaches for a while. And in our story here in Luke, Jesus is back teaching near the Sea of Galilee uh, uh, when he spots two boats out on the shore. And those two boats belonged to Andrew and to Simon and their two partners, James and John. And they had been out fishing all morning. Now, when we think of fishing today, we sort of think of it as a, uh, a way to relax, don't we? Right? Sitting there with the, with, the, uh, with the rod and the, 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 the reel and, you know. And they did have that kind of fishing then. But that isn't the kind of fishing that, that Simon and uh, uh, James and John and Andrew were doing. What they were doing is fishing by nets. 
and they had these big, heavy nets, and they would go out into the Sea of Galilee, which is a very large inland lake, and they would either throw the nets over and then reel them back, or what they would do is attach them to the backs of the boats, and then the boats would, would go out like this and, and row and catch as many fish in them as possible. It was heavy work. It was hard work. It was dirty work. And at this particular day, it was unproductive work. They hadn't caught anything. A whole night's work, and they caught nothing. And these four men had their boats up on the shore. They were mending their nets. And Jesus came up, and he asked Simon, he goes, Simon, why don't you row your boat out a little bit? I'm going to climb in here and teach, and the people can come and listen. And Simon's like, okay, why not? And so he's out there, and he's listening to Jesus teach. And as he's listening to Jesus' words, he feels his heart transformed. He knew that Jesus was more than just an itinerant preacher. He knew that Jesus was more than a traveling healer. He knew that Jesus was something special. And so when they came back in from Jesus' teaching, Jesus looked at Simon and said, Simon, I want you to get, those, get that net and, 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 and the other boat and let's go back out. And I want you to go back out in, into the lake and fish again and you'll catch a bunch of fish. Go out to where it's deep. Now Simon could have come up with a whole lot of excuses for why he shouldn't be doing what Jesus had asked. He could have said, I already tried that and it didn't work. He could have said, Jesus, I'm too tired. He could have said, Jesus, do you know anything about fishing? Jesus wasn't a fisherman. He was a carpenter. Why is a carpenter telling me how to fish? Stay in your own lane, man. But he didn't. You know, as I think about this scene, it occurs to me that our excuses for why we can't do what Jesus asks us to do, often just hide an ugly fact. And that is, we often don't want to go fishing with Jesus because we don't want to do what he commands. It's just too much work. Even as a church, right? Jesus commands us to go out and to make disciples of Jesus Christ, but that's a lot of work. And so sometimes we don't even want to do that, do we? We would much rather be a social club than to go on a fishing expedition. But Simon, he didn't do that. He didn't come up with an excuse. He followed Jesus' command, and he came back with an amazing catch. I love this quote. It says this. It says, those who aren't following Jesus aren't his followers. Followers follow, and those who don't follow aren't followers. To follow Jesus means to follow Jesus into a society where justice rules, where love shapes everything. To follow Jesus means to take up his dream and to work for it. 
Friends, if we are going to be disciples of Jesus Christ, that means we need to follow him and to do what he says. I guess the question for us today is this. What excuses do we use for not following Jesus' commands? What excuses do we use for not following Jesus' commands? Well, if I put myself in Simon Peter's place, I think that oftentimes we don't follow Jesus' commands because we're afraid. Like Simon Peter, I think sometimes we are afraid of our pasts. See, Simon knew that he wasn't perfect. He knew all the things he had done wrong in his past. And he thought to himself, how could Jesus want me to follow him and to do what he wants? And I think sometimes we feel that way too, don't we? We we take a look in the mirror in the morning and we think, how could Jesus ever want me to follow him? If Jesus truly knew who I was, if Jesus truly knew what I've done, if Jesus truly knew what was in my heart, he wouldn't want anything to do with me. The problem with that thinking is Jesus already knows what's in your heart. Jesus already knows what you've done. Jesus already knows what you think. And he still is inviting you into a relationship with him. And that is the glory of the gospel. Jesus knows who you are and still loves you and wants a relationship with you. I think the second thing that we are often afraid of is our abilities. Or, better put, our lack of abilities. If you're anything like me, sometimes you think, how in the world do I have anything that God can use? I'm sure Simon Peter had a similar thought. See, during their... Uh, time. Fishermen were not looked upon in a good way. Fishermen were seen as often as as uneducated, as rough people, not, not as people that you would want anything to do with. Sometimes we doubt our own abilities to serve God, and we are afraid of of, of, of what we perceive is a lack of, of anything God can use in our lives. But the truth is, is that all of us have something we can contribute to following Jesus. The thing is, is that with God, everything we have can be put to use if we only surrender it to him. Are we willing to surrender all we have? to the cause of Christ. And I think a third thing that Simon Peter was probably afraid of and and something that I think we are often afraid of is our future. 
I think Simon Peter thought, if I followed Jesus and did what Jesus wanted us to do, what would happen to the family fishing business? I mean, think about it. If you're Simon Peter, you and your brother and your two uh, uh, business associates, James and John, you had a business to run. You very well may have had other employees to pay. What's going to happen if I run off and follow this Jesus? Who's going who's gonna to fish? Who's going to run this business? Who's going to keep this legacy, this family legacy alive? We all have fears. And the question we need to answer is, what fears are keeping us from following Jesus? What fears are keeping us from doing what Christ is commanding us? Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Don't be afraid. As individuals, as a church, as Christians, we need to not be afraid to push out into deep waters, to follow Jesus wherever he commands us. Jesus is calling us to fish with him. Are we willing to take that bold step and to do that? And that's what we need to ponder this week. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that, like Simon Peter, we too may be bold enough to follow your commands. Even when we have many excuses as to why we can't, even when we are fearful, help us to follow you, Lord Jesus. Help us to do your will, Lord Jesus. You call us to fish for people, to go out and to share the good news that our God loves us enough to send his son to die to forgive our sins, and to rise again to give us the hope of everlasting life. Make us brave, Lord. We pray all of this in your name. Amen.